Now, the truthfulness we're talking about here is not just uttering the truth. In the, uh, there's maratibu sidq. There are levels of sidq. The basic level is that we just say the truth. The higher levels of sidq is that we always feel the truth, experience the truth, and live the truth. So we're truthful in everything we do. Nothing but truthful acts come from us. We're not forced to be truthful. But it's just that we are truthful. That is the highest level if somebody reaches that, the level that touches the ceiling to the prophets. The only stage after that of Siddiqiyya is prophecy. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala al-mab'uuthi rahmatan lil'alameen wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een amma ba'd. We'll be continuing with the next aphorism, the next wisdom from Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandiri rahimahullah's collection. Uh, for that, we are on page 110. And it's the last one on that page, number 252. Firstly, we start off uh, with the aphorism number 252. This is what Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandiri says. He says, كَيْفَ تَطْلُبُ الْعِوَضِ على عمل هو متصدق به عليك كيف تطلب العوض على عمل هو متصدق به عليك أم كيف تطلب الجزاء على صدق هو مهديه لك These are all very eye-opening to refine our understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, how can you seek a reward? We had something similar to this, but it was different. In this one he says, how can you seek a recompense and a reward for a deed that he bestowed upon you out of charity? It was his charity and goodwill upon you that he let you do the deed, whatever deed it is. How can you now be looking for a recompense for that? And then he says, how can you seek recompense and a reward for sincerity that he gave you as a gift? The first one was a charity, this one he calls it a gift. He gave you this as a gift, and you're looking for reward for it. You ask for, somebody gives you, so you give somebody a gift and tell them to give you a reward? Or rather, you receive a gift from somebody and you tell them to give you a reward for it. I've already given you the gift. So this is really profound, it's very, very profound. So essentially what he's saying is, ultimately I think we have to start off from this uh, really this very firm basis that the human being is enabled by Allah to do whatever he does ultimately somewhere or the other ultimately in essence in reality the enablement and the ability the capability the tawfiq the decision that we take to do something ultimately has to come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala especially if it's a good deed I mean everything comes from Allah ultimately Though we definitely have free will and we choose these things and we know we're choosing these things and we feel we're choosing it and we don't feel necessarily forced to do anything. Sometimes we do feel that a path is facilitated for us, no doubt, to do something good. An opportunity arises and we get chosen for that, alhamdulillah. Or we feel good about doing something. We feel satisfied about doing something. We feel eager about doing something. All of that is assistance from Allah. But ultimately it is our choice. But really behind everything, behind all of those curtains, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anyway. 
He is the enabler. Nothing in this happens in this world can occur without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enabling it. That's why he says, Al-Abdu innama huwa alatun musakhara. That a servant, a slave is literally an instrument in this world that is totally under the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enables him, then he makes a move. He is in motion. And if he doesn't allow him, then he cannot move. When, uh, when a human being is like that, when we understand it, though we don't feel that way, because Allah has given us that level of independence, level of self-ability to do things, right? And we do live in a predictable world that if we make a move, things do happen. If we go right, then we actually go right, as opposed to going left. It is a predictable world for us to be able to live and do things in a predictable fashion. But ultimately, Allah is behind everything. He is the enabler. I mean, if He created us, then why can't He enable us for everything that we do? Why is that so difficult to understand? So that's why He's saying that if you look at it from that perspective, then every action that you do, then it is from Allah, and there's a certain wisdom behind every action that manifests on us. We sitting here today, reading, studying, and understanding, is from Allah. It is something that He has enabled us to do, given us the capability, ability, time, facilitation for us to do, and there's a wisdom in why He's done that. So now, since He's the one who's allowed us to do all of this, how can you now turn around and say, you need to give me a reward for this as well? I let you do it in the first place. I'm the one who facilitated you. Now you're asking me for a reward. Isn't that... Re in the other place, he actually said that was reward enough that he even chose you for this. This is just talking about a slightly different dimension to it. Just in a different way. Then he actually uses a very particular word. He says, How are you asking for a reward for an action that he gave you as a sadaqah, as a charity? Who do you give charity to? People who I need, destitutes. That's who you give charity to. People who are not in need won't take your charity. Only the destitute accept charity. We accept it. And now the destitute that you gave sadaqah to now is telling you that you need to reward for me taking your sadaqah. Well, to be honest, people who you give zakat to can probably say that because they're doing us a favor by accepting our zakat by fulfilling our obligation. And even charity, to be honest, not that we do that. Not that we encourage anybody to do that because nobody will give them charity again. right? But they make him, there has been a time before when there was nobody to accept zakat. In Hassan, in Omar ibn Abdul Aziz's time in North Africa, in parts of North Africa, there was areas where everybody was sorted. Everybody had a nisab. Everybody had enough money to pay zakat. They couldn't accept zakat. Where are you going to give your zakat in that case? So, we don't have that, unfortunately, we don't have that justice in the world to create that kind of a scene, unfortunately. May Allah bring about that kind of justice. What makes us the most angry in conflicts like we're observing is the unfairness, is the blindness, is the bias. That makes me even more unhappy. That can't people see what is real right, rather than just go by affiliations and things of that nature. So then... He calls it a sadaqah. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you and provided you charity of ubudiyah, of servitude to Allah, 
Allah has chosen us to be his slaves and to act as his slaves and to act that role properly by doing the worship then subhanallah and he says that is the secret of ikhlas to understand that and recognize that that ultimately it's all from Allah anyway how can I do this for anyone else how can I ask anyone else how can I focus on anyone else now if you have any truthfulness now the truthfulness we're talking about here is not just uttering the truth in the uh, there's maratibu sidq there are levels of sidq the basic level is that we just say the truth the higher levels of sidq is that we always feel the truth experience the truth and live the truth so we're truthful in everything we do Nothing but truthful acts come from us. We're not forced to be truthful. But it's just that we are truthful. That is the highest level if somebody reaches that. The level that touches the ceiling to the prophets. The only stage after that of Siddiqiyya is prophecy. So he's saying, he's, how can you ask for a reward if you've had any Siddiq, if you have any, uh, any truthfulness? then how can you ask for any reward? Now what's interesting he says, which I've already pointed out to you, the commentator says that he has uh, called the, the deeds that we do, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed us to do, he called that sadaqah. Sadaqah is usually, as I said, for the destitute. And then when, it talk, when he talked about the truthfulness in the action, so one is the action itself, the other one is the being sincere and truthful in your action pure for the sake of Allah. So we all do deeds, but sometimes they're tainted, they have ulterior motives, focus somewhere else, you know. But if you have full truth and uh, sincerity in those actions, he doesn't call that charity. He calls that a gift. So the action he calls a charity, and the ikhlas and sincerity he calls a gift. Why does he do that? He says, because... Actions everybody does. It's more common that people do actions. That's much easier to do comparatively to have sincerity in it. So that's everybody needs to do actions. But then if he gives you the sidq and the ikhlas in there, then he is genuinely gifting you something even greater. He's given you the action which everybody needs, but now he's given you the dignity to do it properly. He's given you sincerity. So you're not focused on anyone else and you have turned around and done the action purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is a gift. That's an absolute honor. I mean, even the action's an honor, but it just relatively speaking, because more people will do action than have sincerity in it. Fewer people have sincerity in action as compared to people who do the action, right? Only a part of them will have that. Because he says, People all... Uh, uh, do action, they all pray Jumu'ah, they all pray Salat maybe. However, وَالْإِخْلَاسُ قَلِيلٌ وَأَهْلُهُ أَقَلْ مِنَ الْقَلِيلٌ وَهُمُ الْخَوَاسَ وَخَوَاسُ الْخَوَاسِ The level of Ikhlas he's talking about. Very few people have that kind of level of Ikhlas. That's why Shaykh Abu al-Abbas al-Mursi radiyallahu anhu says that there's a hadith which says uh, that إِنَّمَا أَنَا نِعْمَةٌ مُهْدَاتٌ The Prophet called himself a gifted bounty. I am a gifted bounty to you. I am a gift to you. And no doubt he is. Because without him, what would we have done? Where would we have been? We'd be jahil like everybody else. We'd be acting like savages like everybody else. 
Prophets for their ummah are gifts. For that's the prophets for every other ummah. The claim here from Abu Abbas, Sheikh Abu Abbas, is for every other ummah, their prophet is a is a. How do you say this? It's a bestowal. They, it's something they're being given. Whereas the Prophet Muhammad is over and above everybody else. He is a bonus and a gift for us. He's not just a normal giving. He's a gift for us. That's why he says everybody else, every other Prophet for their ummah is a atiyah. And the Nabiyuna lana hadiyah. Atiyah is a regular, you give somebody regular something. Hadiyah is when it's a gift done for a bonus, extra love and so on. You only, Atiyah is given for those who are in need, for destitutes. You give them something, like a charity almost. Right? He doesn't call it charity here. Whereas a Hadiyah you give to loved ones only. You don't give everybody a Hadiyah. You only give loved ones Hadiyah, which means a gift. That's why Al-Wasiti radiyallahu says that Mutalabatul al-awadi ala ta'ati min nisyan al-fadl for you to then ask for reward for any obedience that you do is you're forgetting the grace of Allah. You've forgotten that Allah is being graceful to you. You've forgotten that. So you're asking, you're being a businessman, a wrong businessman, somebody who's just pure cutthroat business, no compassion. Be a businessman, but be a compassionate one. A businessman in the sense that I want to really increase my proceeds but with compassion. Let other people also have business. Not to take over the market. Put everybody else out of business. Subhanallah. Abu Abbas also says, Ibn Ata says, Abu Abbas Ibn Ata says, أَقْرَبُ الْأَشْيَاءِ إِلَى مَقْتِ اللَّهِ رُؤْيَةُ النَّفْسِ وَأَفْعَلُهُ The thing which will draw you the closest and bring you the closest to the anger of Allah is for you to keep looking at yourself as though you're something and you do everything and your actions. And then he says, actually worse than that is that you don't understand and then you start ask, demanding reward for it. I guess we don't really demand reward, do we? Because we don't see the reward usually. The reward is going to be in the hereafter. There are rewards in this world, so we don't really... Do you demand a reward for your action? You might not demand it in the sense that I want it, but we do it for that reason. So when we do it, it's like, I'm going to get lots of reward. Which is, which is fine. I mean, it's, uh, it's encouragement. But he wants our relationship with Allah to be higher than that, that. It's not about the reward here. It's just because you're my God. You're my Lord. I owe you everything. I need to do this for you anyway. You know what? I'm doing it for you for nothing. I have to anyway. It's not like I'm being a favor or I'm being favorable to you. So he just wants to get our relationship with Allah at that level. That's why he says don't talk about that. But for people who are starting off to try to get them to this level might be very difficult. They can focus on the reward because rewards are mentioned. There's a, re there's a purpose for reward. This is just the next level stuff as they say. This is just higher level. May Allah give us the tawfiq for that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, bless this author and give us the tawfiq to understand these things and then to actually, you know, imbibe them and act upon them. So this is how Shaykh Abdullah Gangohi concludes it. 
acts of virtue, rectitude and sincerity are all gifts conferred upon the servant by the gracious master. Absolutely there is no benefit in them for Allah. There is no benefit in them for Allah. He is entirely independent of any need. Hence the notion of him benefiting from the worship of a servant is preposterous. Therefore it is absurd to expect in the sense of demand. Right? You can expect it, as I said, that that level is fine you know, to start off with. But then to demand to be remunerated for the gifts that he bestows upon one, that's absurd. How can a faqir, a pauper, who receives charity from someone turn around and demand his benefactor, benefactor to compensate him as well? The absurdity of this is self-evident. Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time especially for example the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there the Islamic Essentials certificate which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident you don't have to leave lectures behind you can continue to leave uh, you know to listen to lectures but you need to have this more sustained study as well jazakallah khairan assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh